Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Right, so the Lions squad has been announced for Saturday's second test against the All Blacks. A couple of surprises in there, and bearing in mind that Warren Gatlin inconveniently moved the uh, the time he announced it, just so uh, he could spoil our podcast, uh, we've decided to do a little special one this morning. And helping me to uh, pick the bones out of that team selection is uh, the mighty Murph, who we haven't spoken to for a while. The Glamorgan Wanderer returns. How you doing, Murph? Good, um... Uh, very unaccustomed to these morning, morning chats, but, uh, well, yeah. see what I can do. You and me, you and me both. It's normally <laughs> waiting around at 10 o'clock at night for Dan Killick, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, mm. a morning, a morning one. That's it. A, um, a cup of coffee to perk you up and, and there you go. But, yeah, a slaps around the chops. I'll be right. That's it. A, uh, <laughs> any slaps around the chops in that, in that team? Any surprises that, that jump straight out at you? Well, I mean, um, <clears throat> Obviously, media and social media is a huge thing uh, these days. Everyone's picking their own side and and writing people off and what have you. Uh, I think Halloween Jones is written off after last week's game by yeah. Stuart Barnes and everyone else, uh, Stephen Ferris and uh, you know whoever else you can think of. And um, so I was surprised last night, uh, early hours, to see him keep his spot. What I did, re- what I did realize is. Uh, this morning, while I was thinking about the selection, was he looked tired quite yeah. quickly last week, but then so did George Cruz, and I think the way the All Blacks just went straight after the kind of supposed strength of, uh, of the Lions, which is up front, is typically the All Blacks to say, "Oh, you get up front, to you come on then," and they just went straight at them, firing off nine for the first fifteen twenty minutes. They both looked fatigued in no times, which is unusual for both of them, but. but all I just remember this morning about Alamin Jones is he played quite a lot of minutes last Tuesday. He did, yeah. Uh, someone got, he was on the bench, came, someone got yeah. injured. And so, that, I mean, that's my... Off, he came off for Laws, didn't he, in the midweek game? Um, that's right. I mean, I'm making excuses for my favourite player, obviously. But yeah. uh, I'm still I'm still, <laughs> still surprised to see him 
so he was surprised and pleased to see him that he's kept his place uh, instead of Cruz. Would you um, have, would you have made that decision? Would you have stuck with it? Well, one-eyed Welshman, of course. Yeah, I would have. I mean, I think he's the best second wheel in the Northern Hemisphere. He just happens to be not in the best second wheel partnership in the Northern Hemisphere because mm-hmm. the best partnership is obviously cruising with Toji. Um, so it's a big call, I think, from the selectors because it won't be that very, won't be very popular over the border. But um, I hope it comes off. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course, I, I do as well. Um, it, it, I don't know. I, I just felt like. We got so beasted up front um, mm. that I really feel like we had to go for two power locks personally, and I'd have gone for I'd have gone for a Toji and a Toji and Laws and just yeah. uh, and just shaking it up. But um, you know, I think the thing is, Alan and Jones that was probably one of his poorest games I've I've seen him play because you don't get many of those and the kind of exactly, the, basic, yeah. the basic errors. Um, and not something you see from him very often. You know, he, he dropped the pill early on in the in the first half, and you know you just you're not used to seeing that kind of thing from him. And likewise, you're not used no. to seeing him not being able to impose himself on the game. So it could actually be that he didn't have a great game, and and you're not likely to get two bad games on the trot out of him. So you know, it's no it's no bad thing. I know people were calling for a Toji last week uh, mm. for him to go with a Toji and um, a Toji and Cruz. And I felt at that point, you know, it's like it's, well, it's not a bad choice to have, is it? You know, it's, there's such kind of strength in there. But I, I, he does, he does need a big game. Yeah, I mean, it's ironic. I think that one of the uh, uh, big strengths of this Lions squad has been the quality of the second rows. Mm. Uh, I mean, no one could really separate them. I mean, you could, you could arguably pick any. Two of the five that are on the tournament it probably wouldn't weaken the, the test team too much, you know. You know, whatever the combination was. Uh, however, who, whichever combination you picked, it probably would have got outplayed by the best second row partnership in the world last last week, anyway. Uh, whoever it was, it, I mean, like I was talking to my dad actually last night. They, they could have got a time machine and brought Billy John McBride in his prime, in, yeah. and it wouldn't have made any difference to me because. Uh, um, Vitalik and uh, uh, White Lock were just <clears throat> my throat's going. Vitalik and White Lock were just outstanding. I mean, the, the carries, um, they're just the pace they were playing at for some for guys who were so big. It just it was outstanding. I mean, it, the right it could have been watching the first 15 minutes of last week. I was thinking this could be a hiding if we don't, yeah. if we don't if we don't find a way of uh, coping with them. And luckily, they kind of changed tactic after. After 20 minutes, they stopped going for us uh, around the fringes and um, we were able to at least hang on to their coattails. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. The the other area that that we really struggled last week, particularly in the in the first half, was the breakdown. And it seemed to be a it seemed to be a, a preset game plan that we weren't going to commit many numbers into the breakdown. Mm. That I think is is more than likely going to change this week um, with a change in referee and Warburton returning to the lineout. Do you think there's more chance of us, uh, you know, if not um, if not turning more ball over, at least slowing the ball down and stopping that that for, you know that that continuity that New Zealand have? Yeah, I mean they were getting lightning quick ball yeah. all the time. It felt like, and I think a lot of I mean, it's referees' interpretation, and obviously. Like I say, our one-eyed interpretation as well. I, I thought the New Zealand were right on the edge of the laws at the at the uh, at the 
breakdowns. Um, I mean, they were winning the collision, so that helps. Don't get yeah. me wrong. But but some of the Sam King takeoffs, he was barely staying on his feet. I mean, I don't think he was staying on his feet. And like most sides, and I'm not just saying about the All Blacks, they were coming in at all sorts of angles that weren't straight. You know what I mean? Side entry of rucks and different things, and just completely blitzing the first. I would say diving off their feet almost, and the only thing keeping them on, the, on their feet was the fact they were landing on the lion's um, tackler or, or or jackler or whoever yeah. they were hitting. And so hopefully they won't be able. To, is it um, Jerome Garcia's? Garcia's this week. This week yeah, Quite so. next week. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope. I mean, there's a little bit, at least some kind of a. Uh, not penalised off the park, but at least some kind of a well, warning early on that they're not going to be. I felt the second half was was absurd. I mean, Jaco Piper, um, I put a tweet out last Saturday saying, you know, he should work for Lotto the way he, the way he referees the breakdown. But oh, yeah. Come the come the second half, we were just getting pinged for everything, um, mm. and in the first half, you're right, they're just flying in off feet from from all angles. But that's the you know that that is a frustration because it's. There's there's not a huge amount you can do about that if the referee isn't you know if, you, if no, you're not winning the yeah. collision that's your own fault but you know it's almost as if uh, they, they do it so fast uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the ref didn't see it yeah, yeah. so quickly there's, I mean even watching it live it's like did he hang on did he, God, that, that player just completely blitz him out from the wrong side of the rack or because I just you know and then you have to watch the if you're at home at least uh, while they're doing a replay of someone. Or someone's injured, you you kind of flip back with the yeah. TV and go, oh yeah, that player was a mile offside coming into that rack. The, yeah, it's that's so, the, so quickly. I suppose the only thing you can do to react is, you know, is you try the same tactic when you've when you've you know with the sparse ball that we had. That's right. You know, let's let's send let's send mm. a few people in because the the frustrating thing was in the first half we committed no men to rucks, but we were giving away penalties anyway. So it, <laughs> yeah. you know it wasn't mm. it wasn't working in that regard, which which mm. is frustrating. Um, but Warburton's back. He's kind of struggled for fitness this time. You know, we'd expect him to make a, a difference at the breakdown. Uh, again, I'm guessing you would. I'm guessing you would have made the same call. Um, no, uh, I, I, I don't think the back row last week could have done much more or didn't do much wrong. They were just outplayed and like. Um, I don't necessarily see that. I mean, the balance might be if he's uh, the balance would have been different in this selection if Warburton was at seven, but he's been picked at six. Mm. So whether that means they're going to play that way or they're going to play left and right, like sometimes happens when you get two uh, open sides in the same team, I, I don't know. But um, if uh, I don't know uh, how much. It'll change things if it's just six for six. Uh, mm. Sam Warburton is a six. I mean, uh, I suppose, he, I mean, he is a better uh, operator at um, turnovers, I guess, marginally. But, you know, Peter Romani's no slouch in that department. So, uh, yeah, I, I I don't see it massively changing our tactics that much, okay. to be honest. So it'd be a better, uh, Peter Romani obviously is a shrewd operator at the lineup, but Sam Warburton gets used a lot by Wales as well. So, um I, I, I don't know what, what the big big difference that's going to make for the side, to be honest. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's an interesting one. I mean, personally, for me, I'd have gone Omani and, Omani and Warburton and just had two players who, 
you know, a real kind of breakdown specialist. So I think O'Brien's, you know, O'Brien's good and he's physical, but I don't, I still don't see him as an out and out seven. I think, no. you know, basically, you know, he, he might be playing, I think you're right. It might be a left and right scenario, but. Yeah. I, well, I think with Sean O'Brien, one of the reasons why his hand is strengthened in selection is because of, I think of, um, the absence of Billy Vunapola. Mm. If Billy Vunapola was there, there would be a really heavy ball carrying presence in the back row and then it would kind of be every man for himself, uh, as it were, for the flanker selection. But because he's not there, then I think, and, and Toby looks, especially up against the All Blacks, looks quite a lightweight number eight. Yeah. When you see him getting, when you see him getting thrown around by, uh, their second rows and what have you. Um, so the, the, the extra ball carrying element, and he is a really strong ball carrier and saves his best games, it seems to me, for the All Blacks, I think is what gets Sean O'Brien's uh, place in the side. Fair enough. And then having a look in the uh, in the backs, the other the other change there, that I suppose is the biggest, probably the biggest call, actually. And uh, yeah. that, that sees Johnny Sexton come in at 10 and Owen Farrell move to 12 with Ben Teo dropping to the bench. What have you mm. made of that? Again, it's interesting because the supposed forward dominance of the Lions last week didn't materialise. Mm. But the kind of backs who haven't fired all tour uh, did fire last week and scored one of the best Lions tries, you know, one mm. of the ones that will be watched. The only, the only flaw in that try was the fact that it was in a losing performance. It was in a winning performance. <laughs> You'd be seeing it forever. Exactly. Because yeah. it was a, it was a, it was an amazing try. And so, um, and, and that was born out of the fact that, uh, the selectors gambled with Liam Williams and Elliot Daly and all players we weren't expecting to play in the back line. Yeah. Uh, we weren't made kind that of, great break in the second half as well. You know, I think all of the back three showed exactly. what they're capable of. In yeah. Attack. They didn't, they didn't play safe. The selectors didn't play safe with the backs and, um, they were proven right. And they, they, I think they've taken another big gamble because it wouldn't surprise me now the, the, the way the All Blacks mentality is last, I mean, last week they, they went off nine and said, come on then to our forwards, mm. you know, let's have it. And, and now that we've gone for a more attacking backline, which I think is a brave and good call. I wouldn't be surprised they they ran off ten with his massive wingers and got his Sonny Bill Williams and whoever else charging at uh, Sexton and Farrell for the first twenty minutes to see how, see how they enjoy that. So I mean, it's leaving ourselves uh, a little bit prone there, but I think it's worthwhile if we if they can get some kind of parity up front this time more than they did last week, then um, we should see some fireworks from our backs. What do you make of um, of Sexton's form on this tour, though? Um, I don't know. Uh, he didn't go off in his first game or something. Go off in his first game and not so, yeah, his, his first game he had that he had a howler against the the provincial oh, yeah, variants yeah, and yeah, he, he came yeah. on for bigger on the Tuesday. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And again, didn't have a particularly good performance, but then he's kind of, um, he's had a lot of game time because, because yeah, Bigger went off in that game and, mm. uh, Farrell, Farrell missed, um, missed a game with injury as well. So he's had kind of, he's had quite a lot of time out there. Um, mm. and now I think we've seen kind of half good, half bad from, from Sexton. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, possibly his form when, when it came to selection, 
this form wasn't even that much of a consideration. They just decided they wanted to go with two tens, and mm. obviously because they, I mean, they did they did it briefly in one of the early games on the tour, and it looked really good. Yeah, and obviously that's planted a seed in their selectors' minds, and um, they've had the nod. I mean, uh, the 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 best performances in the la- in recent games of a ten has been Dan Bigger. Um, yeah, but I then think he's, he's, a, bit he's un- not... a bit unlucky though. Really, I'd, I'd have gone mm. for. I think I'd have gone for Farrell at ten. I, I just, I'm, I'm worried about Sexton. Really, I've, um, yeah. I really hope he pulls something out of the bag because when he's when he's at his best, he is. You know, I know yeah. people say he's a kicking ten, but actually, he's got a lot more. He's got a lot more to his game than that. So, no, I've, I've never thought of Sexton as kicking yeah. ten. I, I think he's at his best in his prime in his mid twenties, but he's the most exciting back in the Northern Hemisphere. Because, uh, I mean, what did he do? Three Heineken Cups and a Grand Slam before he went to France. And one of them was pretty much single-handed. The uh, the second half against Northampton in uh, <laughs> yeah. that was 2011. Uh, the yeah, uh, and he just came was, out in the second half and tore them apart. It was delicious as well because it was uh, Dylan Hartley had one hand on the trophy already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a great game. I watched that in town. I loved it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and obviously he's 30, was he 31 now, I think. Yeah. So the performances like that might be beyond it, but he's still got all the control. And uh, I mean, I don't know why every team seems to fall for it, but the run around that, that big Leinster loop. <laughs> yeah, the Leinster loop. Just, I mean, if it works against the All Blacks, we're in business again. I mean, if we get past, it's all about getting some kind of platform exactly. up front. So um, if he gets a, if he gets a good platform, then I, um, I mean, it, I, I kind of respect the. Warren, Warren Gatland, as we know all too well, is not known for his uh, brave uh, selection policy. He's very conservative and has been the whole time. But um, I think this is quite a exciting and brave selection. They could, I mean, Tio was very solid, very steady last week. And um, a lot of people say when he went off is when Sonny B. Williams mm-hmm. started, started to find his feet in the game. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a brave and expansive selection, I think. The other uh, the other potential factor is is the weather. As we know, we're in New Zealand winter over there, and we've had a few games where it's been lashing it down. Mm-hmm. And uh, I understand from uh, from a, a very good source, which is my um, my sister's boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, my sister's boyfriend <laughs> Owen sending me a screen grab of uh, of the of BBC weather in Wellington. But it is mm-hmm. supposed to hammer it down on um, mm-hmm. on what's there Saturday night or Saturday morning. Again, do you think that might have any impact on it? You know, on playing two tens and looking to to exploit, you know, a kicking game again. Yeah, uh, but having said that, it was wet last week, wasn't it? Mm. Not 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 torrential, but um, it didn't kind of hinder the handling of the All Blacks. So I wouldn't be surprised if they just play on play exactly the same way as they would in the sunshine. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's gonna. I suppose more than the rain is uh, is wind because if it's blowing a gale, then the up and unders are definitely going to get used uh, yeah. by both sides. I would say. I think it's uh, it whistles around that stadium as well, the Cape Tin, doesn't mm. it? Because of the the kind of the shape of it. So if there is wind, mm. then I can see that being a um, that being a factor. Did you think he was half tempted to pick half penny at, at fullback? I don't know. I mean. Uh, he, he couldn't have been. Uh, I suppose it's tricky now because there's so many players who can play 15 on the mm. field. 
But um, he, uh, he couldn't be that keen because he didn't make the 23. Um, and I suppose after the way Liam Williams played last week, aside from the, the drop ball which led to a try, he was almost perfect because he did exactly what they were hoping he was going to do. Yeah. Um, so I, it would have been really harsh to drop Liam Williams, I think, uh, unless, you know, that kind of drop cost the Lions the game. Wait, to be honest, the game was done by then. You knew oh, we were yeah. going to lose at that point, and it kind of compounded oh. it. Um, I don't think I don't think the Lions are going to be able to come from behind at any stage in the series no. to win. So they, they've got to start well and finish well, and uh, and it'll be what you know if they do manage to win win a single game, it'll be hanging on at the death. There's a couple of points in there, you know, in in a couple of points up, um, but. Um, yeah, so that, that, that mistake at the end, what was the other, there was another big error, wasn't there? Um, oh, uh, Elliot Daly. I yeah. just marked, he was marking thin air on that, that try. That on the, on the, the first try, yeah. Mm, the only, I, I still, I, I watched it back and I still can't work out what he was thinking, like whether he didn't, I think it was, uh, I, th- I think with that try, Ben Teo inside him. Yeah. And he, it was like as if he didn't trust him to tackle Ezra Dagg, so he yeah. stayed in tight. And left the hooker completely unmarked on the wing. Yeah, it, it was strange. I think he just got caught in two minds because it happened so quickly. Mm. I think everyone was expecting them to, to mm. either take the points or go for go for the corner. And yeah, sure. But, but once, once, quick. once he sees the ball coming, yeah. he, he's the only re- other reason he would be in that spot is if he's going to try and go for the interception. Mm. And he did, you know, because there's, there's no way he's getting to the hooker if the ball goes. So um, I, I, it was a weird one. I. But to me, that was as well, not as basic an error as uh, Liam Williams, but it was as big of, as much of a howler, I think, uh, in, def- in his defence as um, Liam Williams made dropping that ball. The other thing with Liam Williams dropping that ball, the reason it, it, it resulted in a try so easily is because both wingers were stood right next to him. Mm. Why, why would I mean? I know sometimes that can happen, but when, when one player is committed to catching the ball, catching the ball, at least one of the other wingers should. Back pedal away from him yeah. because if he, what I'm getting at is if he caught it, none of them were in a position to be past him because they stood anyway, stood, yeah. stood right next to him. So I mean, fatigue will do those things to you, but um, I think so. And I, I, th- I think the whole thing with the back three is, you know, if you start getting, of course, if you make errors against New Zealand, they're gonna they're gonna punish you. But the kind of pressure they put you under. There's going to be mm. there's going to be errors in there, so I'd much right. rather see an attacking back three as we saw last week. And I thought what they did in attack completely outshone any any kind of defensive frailties. And I think the defensive frailties are things that you can correct. So if they get them yeah. right this time round, you know I, I think it's definitely the right decision in the back three. Oh, me too. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I've had a dig at Elliot Daly, but I'd rather him over George North. I mean, George yeah. North has gone home now. Yeah. But um, and someone else has been sent home last night as well. Yeah. Oh, Henshaw. Henshaw, yeah. So, um, uh, did you, did you and I have listened to the latest podcast, but do you and did you and Dan cover the geographical six <laughs> yeah we did um, no no because no this you haven't because this was tuesday wasn't it yeah tuesday's game where he didn't use them off the bench it was tuesday's game but we recorded last night so um all oh, right okay yes yeah, so oh, so i i haven't heard it because it was because you recorded last yeah, night so it's just it's just come out mm. um yeah it will have come out just a uh, about half an hour before we started chatting so um okay as fresh as gatlin's team sheet 
And well, I'll keep I'll keep my mouth shut then, so I'll listen, I'll listen to what you said first. <laughs> yeah, have, have a listen, and we can we can catch up on that uh, catch up yeah. on that next week. Just to finish, then, Murph, what uh, what are you predicting for for Saturday? Uh, I think <laughs> the thing is with the All Blacks is they um, they obviously they're really good, but I'm stating the obvious. But the other thing they do is change tactically throughout a series so a three game series it, they've started the first match running off of nine and I wouldn't be surprised if now they run off of ten uh, and just change gears completely and their tactics are different and they've identified uh, other areas they can attack us they just tactically well I mean aside from being superb but tactically they're always at least one step ahead of the opposition so um, usually so um, I don't think uh, we're going to get anywhere near them, and I don't think we'll finish any game within a score. Mm. The, this game or, or the third, or the or the last game, the last game, the Lions will probably make loads of changes because it'll be two 0 down, mm. I think, and they'll have a crack and it'll be quite exciting. But um, it depends that if the All Blacks make some changes as well, bring some youngsters in, it might be you know fairly close. But otherwise, I think we're, it's mission impossible for the Lions. So on that on that depressing note, <laughs> I, I was going to say I thought I was I thought I was the pessimist of this podcast, but uh, no, no. I, I completely understand that. I, do you know what I think we'll give them? I think we'll give them another good game. I think it'll be quite similar. I I think it'll probably be New Zealand by ten. Um, yeah, I mean, when when they came out last week and just blistered us up front, I thought, well, all the talk and all the build up, scrum dominance. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I what I will say is there. Defence of the rolling mall was illegal, I thought. Yeah, I, I thought that, um, and I also thought and, um, a couple of the scrums, they were, in particular, the one they scored, the try from uh, from Kieran Reid's um, mm. pick-up, yeah. looked like he was coming massively in on the angle there, and that's why the whole pack was was flying yeah. the other way. And, and I don't think they'll get away with that with the French referee. No, I, I, yeah, I, I like to see not only better ref, better ref at that uh, part of the game, but I think possibly improve performance from the um, from the Lions because I think they were all a little bit taken aback by the first 15-20 minutes of that game and they kind of put them off everything else we still uh, um, we still were possibly good at the uh, rolling more last week but we'll never know because it was always on the floor Yeah. So, exactly. uh, but uh, I think it, it, with, like you just said with Jerome Gass says um, if he's strict with them at that um at that part of the game, we should get hopefully more out of that, more change out of them in that part of the game as well. So, fingers crossed. I mean, I, I'm, I'd love to be wrong about the score. I would dearly love to be wrong, but um, you just need you just you need kind of an off day from the All Blacks, and you still got to be perfect, even if they're having an off day. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so that's yeah. that's what they're up against. Especially, I mean, last week uh, I didn't realise until the paper reports that they hadn't lost. In uh, Eden, is it Eden Park? Yeah, Eden Park. Eden Park. Eden Park. Since they hadn't lost '94. I mean, I I was a very young man in 1994, <laughs> and I remember, I remember, I remember the game because it was Philippe Saint Andre, and you know the French going down there, having not been in particularly good form. Everyone at that era was shit scared of the old blacks because they were just the game was still violent 21 years yeah. ago. You could you could get away with stamping and punching on people. 
And, um, in just like typically French fashion, they just went down and said, well, come on then. And they took him on up front and then scored length of the, length of the pitch tries. And, uh, it was an amazing game. So I couldn't believe that that was the last time that they'd actually lost the game in Eden Park. I mean, ridiculous. Okay. So what, what chance did the Lions have with a scratch team? I think, this, <clears> I think this is it. You know, there's a lot of, you know, look, I'm all up for everyone having their say when it comes to selection because that's the that's the fun part of it. But there does need to be a realism angle to this, and we didn't lose that mm. first test on selection. Um, no, we lost it because we got beasted up front. And why do we get beasted up front? Because they're fucking amazing. That's why. You know, <laughs> I just yeah. think, you know, I think there does need to be. I I was actually quite proud of that team off the off the back of it. I thought they did really well to, you know, again, if that was if that was a, a the 2005 side they would have absolutely crumbled because there just wasn't that, that spirit around there, you know? And I, th- yeah. I think that's, mm. the, that's the thing is, is he has maintained that for all the criticism Gatlin's got. And I'm, you know, I, I don't think he's in any way, he's in any way perfect. I think he's done a decent job of, of putting this together. And I hope they give a, a good account of themselves in the second. Yeah. I know, I know it's not fashionable to say, you know, that, that giving a good performance is, um, is enough, but it's, it is a scratch side. Lions tours are hard to win at the best of times. And this team would be any other team in the world. The Lions would mm. be any other test nation comfortably. You know, I think yeah. we'd win South Africa 3-0. I think Australia, yeah, it, do you know what? You'd beat Australia 3-0 with this, yeah. with this pack. But the All Blacks is another level. So I do think mm. there has to be a degree of context to, to all the results. Yeah. And, and like, uh, is it interesting because, you know, the, the amount of partisanship that goes on with the, uh, test elections, mm. like, um, Stephen Ferris, for example, calling for Roddy, Roddy Best to come in, and and Annie and Henderson both happen to be Ulstermen. Oh, which, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can see his point with both of them because Roddy Best probably is the best scrummaging hooker on the tour, and uh, Ian Henderson did, a, did did have a good game. Yeah, and, exactly. And then, um, yeah, for sure. And then uh, whoever else is uh, on TV calling for whatever English lock they should be in, uh, and it'll be. Uh, Strange if kind of in a year or so, um, the All Blacks go to Twickenham, England are full strength with the Toji and Cruz and whoever else playing, and England actually win. And then it will be like, see, Warren Gatlin, see, Warren Gatlin all along, you should have, but playing, playing New Zealand in New Zealand <clears throat> with a scratch side is very different to having them in your home ground in Twickenham, uh, where they're, when they're, when New Zealand are at the end of their season. Yeah. No, it is, uh, exactly. Possibly, I mean, every time, I don't know, I, I don't know, this is real bitter Welshman stuff, but every time New Zealand go to Twickenham, it's their last game of a long season, and the last time they were there, it's a good couple of years now, they'd all had the norovirus in the week, and were like, and Manu, uh, Manu, I, I, I remember, I remember the game. Yeah, they, Manu, show, they show it on Sky Sports every, every exactly. Saturday, it seems. And Manu Tuilagi had a one, one of his one games, which is, I mean, if he ever gets fit and in that form again, then England will have a seriously good side. Yeah. But he had a wonder game, and they pretty much smashed him. And all I could think after the game is, why don't New Zealand ever play like that against us? <laughs> just you know once. Like, just once if they could play Wales in that state. Like, they come to Cardiff, and, uh, apparently they love it so much. They love the nightlife, they, love, they yeah. stay in the Hilton, they just completely get home, and they go out on the pitch. And it inspires them and they just play like, you know, like the geniuses that they are. And uh, we get stuffed and that's the end of that. You go to Twickenham, get the norovirus, forget how, what shape the ball is, get hammered 
and it's just like I say, one eight bit of Welshman. No, well, I, I get it. I was sat in. I can't remember who we played that day. There was a game in Cardiff. I remember being sat in the stadium, and we were convincingly beaten. It was possibly Australia. Um, mm-hmm. We were convincingly beaten. Oh, in fact, was it? I think it was the the one where we almost won, having played awfully that whole series, and mm-hmm. uh, Kirtley Beale scored in the last minute. I think oh, it might I have been that game. Yeah. And mm. as deflating as that was, you then looked at your phone and saw that England had beaten New Zealand at Twickenham. And mm. then, you know what I thought, though, is, the, and this is a really depressing thought to finish on, I just thought, you know what, even with the neurovirus, you just felt like we'd have lost to them because <laughs> we are holding them such high yeah. speed, you know. And yeah. um, and so, yeah, as much as I say it's context, it's um, it's hard, isn't it? They're just a, they're a bloody good team. And um, mm. I guess we've got another week of, uh, another week of, you know, trying to keep the keep the United front and enjoy watching enjoy watching some of the English players play on your team and the Irish players, not the yeah. Scots, obviously. But um, well, if you want to if you want a positive uh, on. finish on, we we we've, we've only got to endure Stuart Barnes two more times because we've only three games left. <laughs> that is de- that is definitely that is definitely a positive to uh, there you are. To Thanks finish so much. on. He sounds, he sounds audibly drunk, and I know I, I don't I think that's probably yeah. slanderous mm. to to say it, but. Um, I don't know. It sounds, it sounds to me as though he's uh, as though he's been on the red wine. I have no proof of that, but uh, well, the way he gets the names wrong and just slurs everything. Oh, you're right, you can. I know, Murph. It's like chatting to you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, and and it's the same time of day, eight thirty. They just kicked off a minute ago. If it's Saturday, exactly. So, um, yeah. All right, mate. We'll enjoy the game, and hopefully, uh, as you say, there'll be a, there'll be a surprise, and we'll get something to cheer. And, um, oh God, I hope so. Yeah, I mean, it would make it would make next week amazing if we if we could even squeak. You know, if it's three 0 on Saturday, then uh, exactly, we all yeah. had it wonderful for the third test. It would be, it would be indeed. Right, enjoy the game, Murph, and we'll catch up with you next week. Cheer. Yeah, cheers. Nice to meet you. Thanks, mate. Podcast Network.